Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Jen K, you're up. <coughs> Jen K on the mic. Well over. Good morning, afternoon and evening. Oh yeah, we're, we're back again. We're back again. Round two, episode 17. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Apologies for those of you that got 11 minutes into the last podcast. I feel like I've had so many up. messages like, uh, I'm not sure if it's mm. just me, but I uh, got to 11 minutes and there's no sound. What's that mean? Actually, that's a good question to ask everybody. Last week, if you listened to the podcast and you got to like minute 11, was it better after or before like did you enjoy when there was no audio at all or do you prefer the bit when we speak the worst part is now those who listen 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 to listen listen to the first 11 minutes now we're going to re-record it what if those 11 minutes in podcast uh, episode 17 round one were better than podcast episode 17 round two well it won't be because i'm going to make it better not decided how yet but this next 11 minutes sensational and the 15 to 20 minutes after that, even more sensational. Well, let's hope. So, eh? Fingers crossed. I got all the intonations wrong in that sentence. You, you, let's sorry. hope. So, eh? You got all the what wrong? Intonation. Was it an intonation? I think it's like when your voice goes up and down, like, well, like when you read it, and if you read with intonation, you read it, it sounds exciting. I've never read out loud. I always read. I'm feeling very hormonal today, so I'm feeling very sluggish and... Also, it was Phil's 30th birthday yesterday. Yes, it so was. So we took a day off and then I a later start this morning and we, mm. we're just saying we feel all out of sync, don't we? Out of whack. Me and Jen are brilliant with structure. So when yeah. we lose that structure, it's like... What Plus hormones for me. Like, oh, I don't know, don't know where I'm coming and going. Hormones for me as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Anyway, this week, or uh, Sunday if you've already listened, you'll know we're talking about snacking because it's one of the most common questions that we get. And how I do I stop snacking? That's how I, it's always phrased. How do I stop? Or someone when we chat about goals is well, I just want to stop snacking. Yeah, if I can just do that, if I just stop snacking, it is the answer to all my problems. Yeah. And then I'll lose weight and everything will be fine again. And do you know what? You're not always wrong. Like yeah. if, if you did if you did and you could and it was possible and you just not let's say for example, I don't know, I'll not get too deep with numbers and stuff, but let's say the snack that you're having is putting you into a calorie surplus. And you could just cut that out for the rest of your life and it would put you in a calorie deficit. You're right, you would lose weight because it's putting you in a surplus and not having it puts you into a deficit. And so it's important that we do start today by saying for some people, stopping snacking, in theory, on paper, mathematically and scientifically, it might be the answer. It might be because you might be cutting out such a large chunk of your calories that you actually end up putting yourself in a deficit or alternative way of looking at it if you're someone who doesn't particularly eat any meals throughout the day 
and just snacks and like niff snaps on food throughout the day. Niff snaps. It's a funny phrase. <laughs> yeah. Niff snaps on food. Just imagine you get some food and go, oh, niff naff, niff naff. Nasty eating, it's going niff naff, niff naff. like you sound like, um, what was Dennis the Menace's dog called? Nasha. Nasha. Is that what he sounded like? <laughs> Don't know what I feel like. To be fair, if you are just getting the snacks out and go niff naff, niff naff, niff naff, niff naff, niff naff, you're not actually going to gain any calories. <laughs> Zero calories in niff naffing. It's the actual eating habit that causes the uh, calorie intake, I think. Well, anyway. I'm going to niff naff my brew. Yeah. See, none went in. No brew went in at all then. None at zero calorie. Oh gosh, right. So there's uh, that's strategy number one. Bit of niff naff instead of eating. Yeah, well, instead of eating. What I was gonna say is if you do niff naff throughout the day, then actually not cutting out snacking but switching snacks for actual meals mm. could reduce your calories because it means you're actually eating some substantial food in your day and yeah. then you're not feeling the need to constantly snack throughout the day so yeah i suppose there is a couple of ways how that could work yeah but fully agree generally that's not like going cold turkey on snacks isn't necessarily the best way to do it no, not when you've done it for so long. No, because you've probably created this snacking habit. So, like, if, if it is coming down to, like, literally you just kind of snacking a lot throughout the day, then when you get to that time of day where you'd usually have that snack, all you're going to do is think about that snack and crave it all day until you, until you actually cave to that craving and potentially actually end up eating more than if you just allowed yourself to have a snack when you wanted it but maybe just a smaller snack yeah i think some people don't really read much into it do they like oh yeah i just snack i just have snacks that's just the person i am that's what i do yeah a but, snacker yeah, i've had a lot of people a i remember um one client when she came to me she she said oh i'm a prolific snacker prolific prolific snacker, snacker. That is something I'd have on my CV, definitely. Mm. Prolific. I'm not just a snacker. I'm a prolific I'm a snacker. Prolific snacker. But um, I think it's important we take a step back, isn't it, when we look at snacking. We don't mm -hmm. just see it as just having a bag of crisp or just having a digestive biscuit or just having, I don't know, curly whirly, whatever it is you like. Sorry for making everyone hungry. But I think it's more about taking a snack back. Uh, <laughs> step back. A snack back. Take a snack back. <laughs> Take, take, a snack snack back. To the shop. take a snack back to the shop and everything will be easier <laughs> that is a good uh, solution actually buy less snacks um but taking a step back as i was going to say mm -hmm. on the whole situation and going why am i actually snacking because most of us will use phrases like i'm a snacker i'm a prolific snacker i just love snacks and we hold on to that reason and say that's why yeah that's the only reason i do it because i'm it a snacker part of your identity doesn't it Big you time. identify as a snacker yeah and, and you people start brag about to tell it. people oh yeah. i'm a snacker oh i'm a snacker i love a snack mate. Ooh, just can't help myself with the snacking yeah i have like brunch and then dinner and then i have like then a snack then I have my tea, then another snack. And then what happens is because you've identified as a snacker, you feel like you've got to hold up that like sense of identity yeah. that you've created for yourself. Yes, when you're with friends or family or work colleagues or whatever, like you're known as the snacker. You're like, oh, God, it's, you know, I'm a snacker. I have to have snacks because I'm a yeah. snacker. Um, I think a good idea is to take a step back and go, why am I actually what I think I am? Why am I snacking? What causes this snacking? And actually take this point seriously and actually delve deeper into it and work out how was I actually feeling when I went for that snack? Was I actually hungry? Was I really hungry when I went into the kitchen, I went into the cupboard and I got those five digestive biscuits? Was I hungry? But do it in the moments when you go into the kitchen and get those biscuits or that bag of crisp or whatever it is you're, you're having. Ask yourself in that moment, how do I feel right now? And rate yourself on those different feelings like, am I hungry? Or am I just really, really bored? 
or am I doing this because it's really, really convenient? Or am I incredibly stressed? Am I upset? Am I angry? And it's important to just take a note of that as the week goes on and just work out at the end of the week. Where does it tally up? Where are the occasions happening where, you know, eight times you was stressed or 12 times you was bored? It might even be that you hit a certain point in the afternoon and you're always hungry Mm. and that's when you reach for a snack and it's like, right, well, break that down then. It's probably because you're not eating enough at your dinner or... You're after, the gap between your dinner and your tea is really quite long mm. and you do actually quite need a snack there to keep you going because it's been a good while since you've eaten and it's going to be a good while until you need to eat and actually go in, right, that snack actually <laughs> snack actually serves a purpose. Yeah. There's a lot of snack-sident slip-ups. There is. <laughs> good on that, Jen. Snack-sident slip-ups. <laughs> um, but Jen's right, like you might actually just be hungry. That's mm-hmm. alright. That's all right. If you that's what snacks are for, like you're hungry, you want a snack. Like it's not we're not demonising it, say it's wrong or bad. It's just if it's taking you into a surplus, you've got to work out a little tight, like, what can I do? How do, yeah. I, how do I change this? Don't demonise it and see it as a bad thing. See it as something that is potentially stopping you from losing weight. But anything that's stopping you doing something is a barrier, and every single barrier has a solution. So you don't always have to cut out everything completely. You might just need to work out what it is. And I find that a lot of the time, especially now since lockdown and mm. I'm sure everyone's fed up talk, talking about it, pardon me, but it's boredom. Like people bored. Not yeah, to do. Definitely. And I find if you're bored, if that is the one thing, like if you're just constantly bored throughout the day and you go and grab me food all the time, and this is gonna sound really like blunt, find something to do. I think yeah, I think it is difficult in that sense because we know a lot of us are now working from home and like mm it's the availability of things because you're in you're in control of what's coming into your house and you're also very close to where the food is being kept and you know you've bought in things that you enjoy eating and it's not just a case of the being office snacks but actually there's loads of snacks in that cupboard that you know you really enjoy eating and you're really close to them and actually because you've not got your work pal to speak to you're quite bored right now so you don't know what else you need to do so you just get up and you go get yourself a snack yeah it's just so, a go-to, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll just go grab myself a snack because I've literally nothing to do. Um, and I think a lot of people are doing it as well with, I think at home, it's quite difficult to motivate yourself to do work and to do more. And when you're in an office environment, you're in an environment of, right, this is where I work. Mm-hmm. But if you're at home now and you're sat at the kitchen table, that's not where you work. That's where you eat. <laughs> You've instantly got a trigger. Yeah, so of course you want food. You sat at the kitchen table. Yeah. And I think, and I, I was working on this with a client about... Uh, it was just before Christmas actually and we she literally lives in a one bed flat so it was like well she was like well I only have a kitchen table yeah. so we created a work area in her flat literally a one bed flat it's a tiny one bed flat we created a work area that meant that she felt she was doing work there because she was like well I'm bored during the day trying to work at my desk and I'm like well you will be it's a kitchen mm-hmm. table like you, you're going to get bored and you're going to think about food so she made a tiny little desk at a different part of her room there was a standing desk by the way she was burning even more oh calories. Um, but that wasn't the point of it. It just worked in that way. It worked in a favour that way. And that just meant that it stopped to getting bored. Soon she started, which so. she knew she was working. It was like, well, I'm in my work zone now. This is where I work. This is what I do. And then when she was sat at the kitchen table, she's probably having a meal. I was going to say, even if you've not even got that kind of flexibility, it could be that um, one side of the kitchen table mm. is for work and you do not eat food at that side and yeah. if you want a snack you have to go and sit at the other side of the kitchen table because that's where your food ta- side of the table is but it also 
breaks in that element of mindless eating if you're doing that because mm-hmm. if you've got to switch a side of the table in order to eat you've then therefore got to become mind more mindful of the fact that you're actually eating yeah and i think because i think one of the biggest problems when it comes to boredom eating is the mindlessness 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 That's is a, a difficult word to say of it all so yeah. actually sometimes you it just just becomes about bringing awareness to the fact that you're actually eating food because it is really easy to eat more than you actually need when you're not aware that you're eating mm. which sounds really crazy to think that we don't we'd never we're not actually aware of what we're eating but if you sat at a desk working whilst you're eating you're not going to be thinking about what is happening and what's going into your mouth so yeah bringing awareness to what you're eating can be massive um so doing that but also making things less available and making the snacks that you want to eat more available mm-hmm. so don't buy in tons of oh we did this in the first recording didn't i what? and now i've brought it up again in my own head tons of ton tunnocks tea, tea cakes yeah <laughs> probably didn't get to this point in the first recording no i don't think listening. we did yeah. oh but i was talking about the fact that like if I have those in the house, or we had some in, didn't we? We mm. had some at your mum's, and I was like, oh, I really want some, so we bought some in. And I found myself, I was so hungry during the day that I went and I'd inhaled a whole Tonics tea cake before I'd even thought about what I'd done. Like, I was still walking around the kitchen and it was gone. I had no awareness to the fact that I'd just eaten that snack and I wanted another one mm. because I hadn't enjoyed it. I hadn't really tasted it. It was just gone. Um. So actually... For me, it needed to be about that was about kind of bringing that awareness back into what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, and making those snacks that you want to eat really available. Like, there's a really good research showing that, like, if for example, you want to eat more fruit, if you put um the fruit that you want to eat in a fruit bowl somewhere really visible, mm-hmm. you scientifically you're more likely to go and pick that up because you've put a physical trigger in front of your face. James Clare talks about that in Atomic yeah, Habits, doesn't yeah. he, where he said he, his story was that he was trying to imp- increase his food intake and he kept buying apples every week and never eating them. And it's because yeah. he was chucking them in the fruit container bit of his fridge, which is right at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I never saw it, so I never ate it. It just kept going off. Then I buy six more, chuck them in the bottom and it never happened until he put in a fruit bowl. <gasps> Tell them the story about what you did with those Oti bars that we bought the other day. Because yeah. that's, that's really, really good and clear example of making things less available means you're less likely to eat so it. So I forgot I'd done this, but we basically, like OT bars and stuff like that, I'm not, it's not that I'm not a big fan of them. They're all right, aren't they? They're decent, yeah. they taste pretty good. But like Jen said, you can inhale one in 10 seconds and they're not that good, so it's pointless. So what I did was I just hid them behind the microwave. <laughs> and it wasn't like a hidden it because they're not allowed. It was just an out of sight, out of mind So we situation. didn't put it in the cupboard where we would typically have snacks. Yeah. So one day we were going out, weren't we? And we are both like, oh, starving. We usually have a protein bar and we'd run out. And I was like, oh, I really need something to eat before I go out for a walk. Because like, I'm going to end up like... Wanting more. Walking past a shop and going in and buying something ridiculous if I don't eat something now. Um, so I was like, have we not got anything in? And I was like, oh, where are those Oti bears that we bought? And you were like, oh my goodness, I forgot about them. Mm. But that was literally just because Phil had put them behind the microwave. And like he says, it wasn't to stop us eating them. It was just to put it in a different location where we wouldn't keep looking at them and just eat them for the sake of eating them. So like, we ate, no, we ate them, but we were really hungry. Mm. And therefore we actually really enjoyed them. 
I think it's massively important to to reiterate it wasn't like a cut it out, not allowed it. No. It was a, I'm going to see this every single day if I walk into the kitchen and it's on the side. Yeah. So I'm just going to put it behind something. That's all it was. And it was yeah. quick and simple. I know people have, people have spoken about like hiding things away and putting them in different cupboards and things like that can work. Like, But I think it's more of a case of when you first get started, make it a bit more difficult for yourself or for your eyes to see it. Yeah, because I think, I think the thing is if, you, if you're hiding it, it increases your desire for that item because you're almost yeah. putting it off limits. So you're going to want to go and seek it out. Yes. There, there is that element. And that is that is a strategy that I used to use. Like, But like my dad used to put, if weirdly enough, I've probably, I don't know if I've told this story before on the podcast, but my dad used to put buy chocolate in every week. And this was at the point when I was just like, no chocolate ever. Um, and he literally just had them in a box in the cupboard where we keep all the chocolate and for the whole time I was living there I had no idea it was in there but I never like went searching for it mm. but it's literally just putting it in a different location where it's not as obvious in your face and then you don't it, it decreases that desire for it mm-hmm. and all that kind of it's it, it takes away the cue yeah. you see it you think oh I want that when you didn't actually even want it but you want, you now want it because you've seen it that's all it is yeah you've seen it so you want it yeah there's no actual the desire before it and that's when we talk about things like right now work out what you're actually feeling right now and you go well, I'm not hungry but I'm eating it well, yeah I was bored wasn't I I just came for a walk in the kitchen I think a really good tool for helping with that is rating your hunger Um, so like on a scale of like 1 to 10 how hungry am I right now like 1 being not hungry at all and 10 being absolutely starving like I I think like if you're hitting a ten, that's you're not in a good place because you're gonna end up scoffing loads of food down your face. Like I always think that if you're trying to eat food when you're at a ten, then you're more likely to be cooking your tea and eating all the ingredients yeah. as you're cooking it or finding a snack in the cupboard because you're so hungry that you can't even wait. Mm-hmm. Um so actually if you feel yourself getting to like a six or a seven, you might just want to have something to like put you on. Even if your tea is going to be reasonably soon, mm-hmm. just like a really small snack can actually lead to you eating less at your main meal because you're not so hungry that you shovel it all in without thinking or end up making loads more because you're starving and think you need it all. I think there's actual real power in a planned snack. Yeah, definitely. Just knowing what's coming. Yeah. It makes life easier, yeah. doesn't it? It's just about awareness as always. I feel like I've been speaking a lot about awareness on Instagram and podcasts mm. recently. I think awareness is a big part of it. Yeah. I think when you're aware of what you're doing. A lot of a lot of the times people struggle with weight loss because they're overly aware of everything they're doing and they're trying to be incredibly strict and regimented. But I think a lot of the time people struggle with or they, they gain weight because they're not aware of the decisions they're making at the time there were afterwards what they've done what they've eaten and stuff like that but there's a lack of awareness around what they're doing and when you can bring that awareness back of right i'm sat at a table my food's on a plate there's no other distractions i'm eating my meal you're aware of your surrounding and what's going on and it's going to be so much easier to basically make yourself feel a bit fuller without just kind of mindlessly eating but i think the the big picture is snacking may be the thing that's potentially holding you back but the answer isn't always just cut them out. None of us are robots. No. We, no. There is other strategies. There is power in snacking. Yeah. And I think the best way to do is work out, out of the things that we've spoken about today, what's going to be best for you. Are you somebody that, you know, 
you've pretty much got it bang on, but you just need to work out why there's so many snacks happening and you potentially need to just work out why you're snacking so much. Are you the type of person that's eating six snacks a day and one meal? And that's called, you know, maybe you do need to have less snacks and more meals. And I just think it's important that we all understand that it's a very individual situation and we all do it for different reasons. Yeah, definitely. So... And this brings us to a fun part of the podcast because Jen the can't remember the other I can't. No, so obviously this is the second time recording it and I can't actually remember what the question was from first time round. Which is great news. <laughs> I'm sure I'll remember it once you've This is it, why but... watching films is good because Jen's seen a million and one films and at one point when we first met I'd seen about six. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this isn't good because you have to re-watch everything. And Jen's like, I don't remember a thing. So like, Honestly, we, my what, memory is shocking. It's mental. We re-watch a film and Jen's like, shocked, crying, <laughs> angry. And I'm like, you know what's happened next. She's like, I can't remember a thing. I'm just like, you watched it a couple of years ago. Have you forgot yeah, already? Nothing. We did this Brilliant. with Seven the other day, didn't we? I was yeah. like, this is such a good film. Yeah. And I was like, and do you know the best part? I remember I loved it loads, but I've not got a clue what happened. <laughs> so I need to enjoy it all over again. <laughs> Love that. Okay. So go on, hit me with my question. I will. Do you prefer zips or buttons? <laughs> yeah. Remember That's that, such a good question as well. We were buzzing about it. Um, I went in and I remember my answer with a solid zip. You preferred a zip, didn't you? I do. I prefer a zip because buttons are such a faff. And one point that I raised was like buttons on the bottom of duvet covers should be replaced with zips. See, I disagreed with that though. Because yeah, no. they get cold. And the last thing you, you didn't say that one last time. That's a very valid point. What did I say last time? I don't know, but that's a really valid point. Last thing you want in the middle of the night is cold zips. Oh, zip no, cold zip right. getting yeah. Maybe that's why they don't have zips. Okay, I'll stick with poppers. Good. Just poppers over buttons still. Yeah. I hate buttons on duvet covers. I personally prefer... I think they've both got the, the place in life. Mm. White mm. shirt, definitely a button. I'm not putting a zip on a white shirt. <laughs> I look stupid enough as it is when I dress up, so the last thing I need is to put a zip across a white shirt. Well, just no buttons on the zips. And secondly, chocolate buttons are better than chocolate zips. Because I don't know what chocolate zips are. I reckon chocolate zips could be a thing. I don't think they'd be good. Why? Because there's not enough substantial chocolate on a zip. There's like holes in it. Mm, good point. And there's supposed to be like a mobilised part of a zip. <laughs> Mobile chocolate. <laughs> I just think a button works so well as a chocolate. It does work well as a chocolate. Which one are you going for, the Jen? Con- conclusion? If you had to choose if we're talking for everything, like, conclusion, what would you do? Zip. Zip? Yeah. I don't Big want button-up jeans or skirts. I just I think... hate buttons. They're such a faff. I look weird in skirts regardless. <laughs> you can have a little zip. Zip and one button. A little zip and a button? Zip and a one button. I don't mind zipping and a one button. No, what I'm saying is you have to get rid of the other one. So you're only allowed zip. Just a zip? Mm. What's going to fall down? Do you remember those skirts like back in two thousands that were literally just a zip? No, why would I? <laughs> Do you remember when you wore skirts on leggings, on pants, like skirts over pants? No, why would I remember? Oh, I need a female. I remember people doing it. <laughs> there was a skirts over pants era, and there was a skirts over leggings era. Yeah. There was a horrendous era. Oh. Skirts over leggings, I never understood. So thick, so much, so much clothing all in one area. It baffled me. Like I'm not stylish, far from it. Like I just let Jen choose. Sorry, what if you items wear skirts over leggings. I'm not sorry, it looks silly. Um, <laughs> if you've got boots on, it's not quite as bad because you can't see the leggings, they just look like thick tights. Yeah, maybe. It's when you can clearly see that like it's a pant. And like a, a three quarter legging <laughs> with a skirt and oh. high heels. 
And huh. what else did females huh. use to? Do you remember when there was a big trend? And I definitely didn't understand this one. Where it was going out in. I don't actually know the name of it. it You're like going to say the law of attraction. No, the no. swim. Is it like a, it's not, is it a leotard? Is that what it's called? I don't know, because I don't know what you're getting at. When females used to wear it looks the... looks like a swimming costume. Yeah, a swimming costume, that's it. Yeah, a swimming Later. costume with yeah, leggings. What? I don't remember. No, I don't think I hung around with that crew. <laughs> there was millions of them in Wigan. It was everywhere. It's always upset a few people who did this, but I just didn't... It's not even that it's good or bad, I just didn't get it. On that note, see you all next week. Bye! Before you go, make sure to hit the link in the podcast notes to update us on how many steps you've done on today's walk whilst listening to us two jabber on. Each week we'll update you on the total number of steps you fantastic listeners have done. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to like the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and anything else you can do to the podcast that makes us all really great.